Hey everyone, welcome to The Flyover Scene, a new podcast about DIY and underground music in the Midwest. I'm really excited to get this project off the ground and share the rad things happening in the Midwest DIY scene. This podcast is about any DIY music of any genre. While the podcast will mostly feature emo, punk, hardcore, and metal bands, it is by no means limited to those genres. If there's a really sick DIY jazz band from Chicago or something, you bet your ass I'm going to cover it. Genre isn't the important part of the podcast. DIY is. Another thing I'd like to talk about before we get started is money and ads. I promise right here and right now in the first podcast, this show will never have ads. The purpose of this podcast is to promote bands and build a community across the Midwest, not to make money. I will never make money from this podcast, and I want to keep it that way. Anyway, now let's get started. Recently, Chess Club from Lawrence, Kansas put out a great record called Hit the Ball. Personally, I've been listening to this on repeat, and the record gets better with every listen. This song is called Thick, and it's the second track from their album, Hit the Ball. God damn, I love that song so much. Chess Club is amazing. So let's hop on down from Lawrence to Oklahoma City. Cheap Kites is a really good emo band that deserves every bit of attention that goes their way. Here is Luzerne by Cheap Kites.
So the format for most of the shows is going to be music in the first half and then an interview in the second half. This week I sat down with Bailey Larkin from Party Fridge and we talked about their new album, All These Songs Are Happy Songs. It's out now. Go check it out after this podcast. Let's take a listen to one of the songs from the album and then go into the interview. This is The Cheap Groceries on the Bottom Shelf Taste the Same as the Leading Brand by Party Fridge.
was a song from Party Fridge's new album, All These Songs Are Happy Songs. Let's go into the interview. I just want to lead with, this is my first interview, so go easy on me. We're here with Bailey Larkin from Party Fridge. They're putting out an album uh, on Friday the 27th, right? Yep. Okay. And so uh, you were going to talk about it now. Um, okay. So uh, I guess like um, Party Fridge is a fairly new band, yeah. right? Yeah. So could you just kind of explain or talk about like what, uh, how Party Fridge came about, what, like how that kind of came together? So, um, it's uh, me, Elijah, and Sophie right now is the lineup. Uh, me and Elijah have known each other since about second grade, and we've just always been friends. And then in high school, we started playing in bands together. No good. But um, here, maybe a year and a half ago or two years ago, we started we started a group, and it was called Egg Drop Soup with a different drummer. Um, that didn't work out. Got this new drummer, Sophie, here in maybe January of this year. And that just really clicked, and from there on, we started playing just really successful shows. Did this album, and yeah, that's that's cool. it. Cool. It was pretty natural once Sophie got in. I think it really completed us. Awesome. It's it's cool how like once you find the right group, things just start to click. And yeah, place. for sure. Because it felt like it took forever to like get the right mix mm-hmm. of music and like ideas in there, and it felt like when we found Sophie, like it was like instant. Yeah. Awesome. So. Um, so I guess you, you've, you said is you started out as egg drop soup and then you changed your name to party fridge. Yeah. Um, so like the songs that are on, um, the record you guys are putting out, uh-huh. like, are those like songs you wrote recently or are they kind of like songs you've had for a long time or like, uh, you know, what, what like, could you just explain the record, I guess, like kind of, yeah. What? So we started, I started, I think the first song that I wrote on this record, I wrote, in maybe November of 2016 when I was writing my solo record because the idea was I was writing songs for my solo record that were going to be all acoustic stuff um but Elijah was helping me write them and Elijah likes all this like heavier uh bass riffy stuff a lot of stuff with percussion and um we started kind of writing stuff that would need you know a full band and then we thought okay so we'll do the solo project but it'll be a full band uh, which eventually turned into, no, this is just going to be another band we're in, just like we were in before. Um, but then, so we had about four or five songs when our former drummer left the group and we were looking for new ones. That's when I put out the solo records, which was five of those songs. Um, sorry, I misspoke. We had about maybe seven or eight songs from before, and I took five of those and made the solo album with it. Uh, from there, when we got Sophie in, uh, we wrote all the rest of the songs together, and uh, we were going to have maybe a period where we were going to listen to them back, and then like we were going to try to write maybe like 20, 25 songs for the record, but by the time we got to just eight songs, I guess it's seven songs in inter- an interlude technically, but by the time we got to those eight songs, we were just like, wow, we're really happy with this, so you know met up with Cole and made the record. Super simple. So, um, like, you know, I've listened to the record and it's, it's like, so, so the, 
uh, it's what's the title? It's all these songs. All are these ha- songs are happy songs. Yeah. There's a poem that I used to read originally when we were performing when it was Egg Drop Soup. I do a poem or two between every song and it was kind of a musical interlude over a spoken word. And that was going to be kind of one of the pillars of our sound and kind of what it was going to be. And one of them was called All These Songs Are Happy Songs. And it was about emo music, you know, a lot of it is emotionally raw and a lot of it uh, veers very sad. Um, but the idea was that they're happy songs because I look back now and I'm like, wow, I'm in such a better place. And that's why they're happy songs to me. Uh, that poem didn't make it anywhere on the record, but Sophie really liked the idea, so we we left it as the title. That's that's really interesting and really awesome, uh, actually. Like of a um, of like a way to look at emo music, because like um, you know, listening to the record, like there's some pretty heavy topics and some pretty like are, yeah, intense yeah. moments, and so. Um, but that's that's uh, that's pretty interesting to. to I guess look at it like that. Um, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, um, I guess speaking of like the topics on the uh, on the album, like, uh, were any of these songs like really hard for you to write, or did they come pretty easy? Um, I mean, because I mean they're pretty emotionally charged, and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know it's it's pretty intense sometimes listening. I think. At least that was my experience. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely when we got together, I think, last weekend, and me and Sophie and Elijah and all of Sophie's roommates who live in the house that we practice at, we all got together and listened to it. And it was like, oh, this, this is going to suck. This is going to... Once once we like listened to the first song, it was just so difficult for me to hear these words like spoken to me instead of me speaking them to other people. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, this is this is sad, you know? Um, but definitely writing the songs, I think I had a really rough 2016 and a really rough start to my 2017. And, uh, that's when most of those songs were written. So, you know, looking back now, I'm in a much better place and it is, it is kind of weird to, to hear those words spoken, but you know, uh, you kind of put yourself back in that place and you get some perspective Mm -hmm. of, you know, the mountaintops aren't so great if you don't remember what the valleys were like. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's great to hear that like um I don't know that, that you're in a better place and that like that, that can be a that your songwriting's kind of been an outlet for that. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean so if I can like kind of di- I want to kind of dive into that like um sure. if that's okay. So yeah. one of the songs that like really stood out to me was the I, I believe it's called uh, a boy in a dress. Uh-huh. So like, um, for me, you know, like I I listen to a lot of emo music, and uh, a lot of it comes from the perspective of, uh, you know, white dudes that have yeah. you know girlfriends that don't like them or whatever or or She's dumb. Yeah, and so <laughs> I mean, and as dumb as that is, no, because it is. It's like all the same, but like it's something like I totally can identify with. Uh-huh. But listening to to your record this is i like and like i can't identify directly with the lyrics Uh but it still like hits me it hit me pretty hard and so like um and like i guess it was like how how do i put this like it was like i don't know you don't ever think about other people's perspectives like until it's kind of like put in your face and so like um i don't know could you talk about like maybe that song or like kind of like 
just your opinions on basically like not being just another, uh, you know, sad white dude, straight <laughs> white dude. That's yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad that you make that observation and it's really cool for me to hear that someone outside of my community of queer people, like, could still get something from that because that's one thing I was scared of is that while yeah most of our friends are like are queer people or femme people or POC um and not a lot of straight white dudes as you said uh it's cool that those people can still get something from my music because I feel like I could never write something that would cater directly to them Mm because I've never walked in their shoes just as they've never walked in mine uh as for what that song specifically is about um I guess there is a verse at the end that started out as a spoken word poem from when we used to do those with the band. And uh, there was a band called Power Bottom. I don't know if you heard about this. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Power Bottom. And Ben Hopkins turned out to be a sexual predator. And just huge blow to me because they were, like, one of my heroes in, like, the music community. I wanted to be like them, you know. So that was, like, a huge blow to me. Um and that is most of what charged that song is that coming out and like your heroes fading and you know people not being who you want them to be especially your remote your role models especially being a queer person you know i don't have a lot of role models in the music industry uh like you said it's mostly a lot of straight white men uh which is difficult sometimes uh not sure where I'm going with this, but no, it's good. Yeah, that's what that song's about. Pretty much is mostly sparked by that whole Ben Hopkins controversy. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So this might this might sound weird. Okay. So like I like I was thinking about this today as I was driving here, and I was thinking about um, age in music. Like uh-huh. so, like. You know, in the real life, someone that's in their 20s, they're a young person, and, you know, you're not old until you're, like, you know, in your 50s, 60s, or whatever. Yeah. But, like, in music, it feels like, it feels like way different. Like, people that are, like, in their teens, they're, like, they're children, you know? Like, they're yeah. they're learning about music, they're learning about this scene, they're learning about the culture, uh-huh. and all this stuff. And then, like, I feel like, so I'm, like, almost 28, and I feel like, I feel ancient. I feel like a dinosaur. <laughs> like... I feel like back You're in like my day. Seven years older than me. No, I uh, yeah, but like in real life, you know, I'm I'm like you know, like we're both in our twenties. We have like yeah. uh, a similar like, uh, you know, similar. I don't know. We're like we're both millennials or whatever. Yeah. But like in music, like um, you know, I think about like I started going to shows in uh, 2005. And, like, that's, like, a thousand years ago, basically. (laughs) And so, but one of the things, and I say all of this um, as a compliment, so I hope it comes off this way. But let's say all of this to be, like, so, like, like, you're fairly young, in my opinion, like. Yeah. But, like, the record is, like, the the songwriting, both musically and lyrically, is so, like, well-written that, like, I think about, like, the songs I wrote when I was, like, 20, and I'm, like, I, I don't want anybody to hear them ever. Like, I don't want, you know, I th- and like, so I just like, I don't, do you have any thoughts about that? Like, like how, I guess what I'm saying is like, how are you, like, how are you so good at songwriting basically? 
how am I so good? Uh, short answer, I don't know. And I don't think I'm that great. But uh, that's really funny that you say that, like, you feel ancient to me. Because sometimes I'll see, like, 15, 16-year-olds that are really great songwriters. And I'm like, what? I feel like I'm missing out on, like, four years of being good at music, you know? Or I see, do you know Sean Mendes is 18 years old? Do you know that kid is I'm- 18 years old? I saw a billboard the other day for Sprint Center. He's selling tickets for July of 2019. Wow. He's going to be 20 years old then. That's so wild. And I, it just, it does feel like it's a young person's game for sure. But like, we're both still young. Like, don't lose yeah, hope, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you for saying that. That did come across as a compliment. Okay, compliment. Good. Yeah. Even though it took a million years to get there. But yeah. <laughs> uh, um, cool. So one of the things about this podcast that I want to do is... And like not only with this podcast, with my other projects I got going mm-hmm. on, is to kind of build a community um, of DIY musicians, and not just for like emo and punk bands or like hardcore, like pretty much any anybody that's doing DIY stuff. I don't yeah. care if it's like jazz music. I don't care if it's or not even music. You know, I know a lot. Yes, of exactly. Artists, yeah. Yes, exactly. Like um, you could be a poet. You could be a sure. you know painter. Anything. Like I want to support that scene. Like. Because I'm, I'm, I just love it, and I'm all about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, if I could maybe ask, like, I want to. One of the things I want to do with the people that I interview for this podcast is ask about their opinions on, I guess, the state of the scene, and like, sure. um, I guess, what you think about, like, how things are going in Kansas City or or the Midwest at large, or yeah. something like that. How things are going? Things are going pretty good. <laughs> uh, a lot of. I know that a lot of big like DIY touring bands are stopping in Kansas City, which I don't know what the scene was like in 2005, but like <laughs> it's pretty good right now. We, we played with Awake But Still In Bed last week, and that's like one of my favorite bands, DIY or otherwise. Yeah. And that's pretty crazy that like we just saw them in like a record store. You know, Remo Drive played in this room last week. They're pretty big. You know, I feel like you're calling it the flyover scene, but like... Yeah, I feel like it's not a flyover scene anymore, you know, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Which, like, I agree. Like, as well as, um, I feel like I feel this in the punk scene especially, because uh, not only Party for Joe's to play with a punk band called Prude, um, but that for queer people, it's like the safest space I think I've ever been in. Just the most accepting and safe space, and people work really hard to keep it that way, which is really important to me. And and I feel like touring bands coming through, like, not every city has that. And I feel like we take it for granted here just because the people are so great here. Yeah, Yeah, and that's that's awesome. I've actually noticed that, too, in Kansas City, Mm -hmm. that it's uh, it's one of the most, like, uh, or at least of of the places that I've kind of been aware of. the DIY scene, for sure. Yeah, that it's it's pretty inclusive and, like, and I I love that about, you know, our scene here. Yeah. Um, Well... Let's see. So we've talked about the record. We talked about the formation of your of your band, Party Fridge. Oh yeah. Is there anything else you want to want to talk about? Like anything you want to? Going on tour in October. Rad. Is it just you guys? It's a uh, Party Fridge, and then we're going out with the Caves from Wichita. Oh, the Caves. Really cool. Have fucking ever, rule. They're yeah, they're amazing. I played with them at one of my first ever solo shows out at. Uh, the White House in Blue Springs. 
and uh, they were amazing. Not a lot of people were at the show, but I was like, man, I'm here for you guys. I appreciate you. And Sophie, Sophie's amazing. She's like, yeah. Um, but anyways, I connected with them. Was like, hey, we're going on tour. You're a fun surf rock band. We're a really sad emo band. What could go wrong? Yeah, know? no, perfect. Well, here, that's the thing. You guys, like, get everybody depressed, and then they bring them back up. That's what I was thinking. Like, we'll just play first every night. It'll go great. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but yeah, the caves caves are great. You know, I should have them on a you show. You should have them on. They drive over here from Wichita. They're uh, committed. Yeah. They're or honestly, you could have them, like, the day we leave for tour, we could do a thing. That'd be cool. Because they're going to work leaving from KC. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool. So, um, well, you know, I'm just going to say thanks for, for, uh, being on the podcast, being the yeah, first guest. Sure. I'm excited. Uh, you know, I really hope that, uh, uh, things take off. I really hope that the best for Party Fridge, like. I hope the best for your podcast. Thank this you. This is cool. I'm excited. I, and I just, I guess I said this before we started recording, but like, I'm in love with, with the record. Like I listened to oh, it man. and like, I, I really, really like it. Like it's so like it's it's like it's just honest and real and like that's like what i really like in music but like also the musical composition is like it's like fresh it's original like it's definitely like like sometimes you hear an emo band you're like hey this sounds like every other emo record ever yeah and this is but your guys your guys' stuff's like it's it's like a breath of fresh air personally in my opinion thank you so much when i was listening to the first mixes we got back I was thinking, like, who does this sound like? And I'm thinking, I can't think of any band this sounds like. And that got me really excited. Um, Elijah is, like, he's a genius. He writes, like, all our compositions. He writes, like, all the bass parts and all the lead guitar and everything. Like, that's all him. He's just so good at music. I write most of, like, the core of the songs and, the, mm-hmm. like, the core progressions and everything, which definitely veer to more of a folky feel, but, like, Elijah just takes it and just yeah. turns it into something amazing. He's really, really great. Um, I remember I saw you guys at Records with Mara. Um, it was with uh, Kill Vargas. Oh, yeah, and that was a cool show. Yeah, and um, I, I... Kill Vargas is tight. Shout out to them. Yeah. Also, the Travel Guide. They were on that show. Oh, yeah. No, every band played. Kept Calm, and Local kept Kansas City. Kept Calm. Shout out to Kept yeah, Calm. Yeah, no. That was a really great show, like, honestly. But uh, but I I, uh, I only caught, like, the last half of your guys' set. Oh, yeah. You um, missed all the weird shit. Yeah. Well, all our trippy shoegazy songs first. That, that damn, I, I'm into shoegazy. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, but I, I caught one of your songs, and thank you. Yeah. I caught one of your songs, and, like, just the, like, bass riff was, like, like, it like blew me away. Like Elijah's a fucking bass god. Oh yeah. No, seriously. I was like, <laughs> dude, is this like seriously like a local band? Like, no, this is like next level shit. This is amazing. He just, well, he doesn't like have a social life or anything. Like, we never hang out. He just sits in his room and plays bass all day. I guess that's what you gotta do <laughs> to be gotta do. to be bass guy. I mean, that's why I'm really bad at guitars because I have a social life and I go out and do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well. See, that's see. I'm envious. Like, I, I don't have a social life, and I suck at guitar. So, <laughs> you know. Hey, man, you do what you can. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I think you know that's uh, we covered a lot of stuff. You know, had yeah. a good good uh good episode. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. No. Yeah. I'll clap too. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the band is Party Fridge. 
The album is All These Songs Are Happy Songs. That's right. Uh, I accidentally leaked it yesterday. This well, won't be up till Friday. Yeah, this but, won't. Um, so you won't. Today is Monday, and I accidentally leaked it yesterday. I got um, I got an email that someone bought it, and I was like, how the fuck? It's not out yet. And I looked up, and it's like 100 plays already. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you're welcome to whoever to whoever bought it and whoever's um streaming it pre-release right now. <laughs> See, you know, some of you guys could have had it, you know, before it came out and you too know, late. but too well, late now, you won't even now know. Now go get it on like, yeah, go get us some plays on Spotify. I don't use Spotify, but I'm told that's where it matters. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, the the album is All These Songs Are Happy Songs. Uh, it comes out on Friday, uh, July 27th. Is that the right date? Yeah, which is hopefully today when you're listening to Yes, it. exactly. So, uh, pick it up on Bandcamp, Spotify, you know, all that jazz. Anyway, uh, thanks, Bailey. Yeah. Uh, It's been great. Thank you. uh, We'll have to do this again. Sounds good. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. I don't, it's not a telephone. Okay, bye. It's not a phone call. I don't know why I said bye. (laughs) We're in the same room I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. This is my first interview. Okay. Well, bye to the listeners, I guess. (laughs) That was my interview with Bailey Larkin from Party Fridge. You can pick up their album now on Bandcamp. Um, yeah, and that's it. Uh, make sure to check up with uh, Flyover Scene on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, that's a wrap on the first show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>